Rocco, and welcome to the show. How we doing this week, folks? I am on the road and on my way to Comic-Con San Diego 2022. Excited, excited, excited. Uh, for those of you going to be in SD for the big show, look out on that schedule. See you Friday. And actually, I'm kind of I'm really excited about the fact that uh, we're not just playing the the regular old venue. We're, we 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 got a spot at the library, the coolest place ever, right? So I'll see you at the library. We're in uh, an awesome hall. Uh, it actually looks like a million times cooler than one of those stuffy little conference rooms. So uh, yeah, and if you don't make it, we'll uh, we'll catch you in the halls. On to announcements. Eau Valley is closing in August until 2023. So uh, get your trips in, pay your respects, and then close your eyes and hope to open them to a beautiful site in the year to come. Um, this week's show is going to be a little bit uh, shorter and different than usual. We're, we're going to rip through some things. We're going to talk about stuff. But we finally reached... Flat Earth Dave. So uh, welcome to the Flat Earth Crisis. Uh, so later on at the end of this episode, treat yourself to trying to understand uh, the machinations of a mind that believes the Earth is flat. So who's the crazy ones here, us or them? Um, I think we know the answer, kids. But you know what? This is, um, I feel interviews like these are a... Uh, a great test for us, you know, especially in election season. Uh, I, I think that after I, I get past the primaries and have to start asking tougher questions, things like this guy are important to me, you know. I mean, whether or not I agree with him, I don't. I uh, totally believe the Earth is a globe, uh, you know, along with like 99% of the human race. But, I mean, in America, we have an interesting contingent of nearly 40,000 or more people that do believe still that the earth is flat, but there are also people who believe that, uh, you know, there's a hollow earth filled with like lizard people and stuff. So, you know, and then there were people dumb enough to think that there was like a basement underneath a pizza joint selling children. So, I mean, anything's possible in the mind of Americans these days. So, uh, stay tuned to the end and, you know, we'll talk a little bit more before we get to his interview, but, uh, yeah, it's it's an exercise in understanding. I'll leave it right there until we get to the end. But moving on to local coverage. Guess what, guys? Indoor masking, optional in classrooms, okay? So all you guys have been conventioning about, like, save our cakeys, unmask our cakeys, all that stuff, you know, while you were out disrespecting the, you know, more than half a million people who died in America by, uh, leading into uh, anti-vaxxer bullshit and propaganda. Thanks a lot, assholes. That's why we have the BA5 variant, okay? Just a reminder, uh, thank you to everybody who did get their shots. Uh, you know, I think I just have to make it a regular thing to state this because, you know what, guys? This took as long as it did because we did not reach a formal herd immunity, okay? So, those things weren't reached, and that's why it took so long. And now, now it's pretty much over. This was, you know, I mean, all we had to do was stay in our houses for like, you know, four to six weeks, maybe that. But everybody else had to start coming out, you know. 
I think it was very inconsiderate on everyone, especially the ignorant. Uh, but you know what? Y'all have been living in your little echo chamber out here in the Pacific, and you've been crying that, like, you've been under some totalitarian rule. Meanwhile, the world is moving on and has been moving on. And, I mean, shit, why are you even complaining about it? Your kids are all out of school. It's summer. So not only your kids were unmasked, like, two weeks ago, and then, yeah, now it's optional. So move on with your lives, okay? Just learn to be more considerate. Um, in consideration of things, uh, Turo rates drop as the, uh, the car rental market's kind of like stabilizing, you know? I mean, we're kind of back to the normal normal. We're not the new normal anymore. We're really trying to go back to the normal normal. And as it seems, uh, Turo rates are going like, plummeting through the ground um but you know that was gonna happen eventually you know as we went back to normal there was gonna be more rental cars on island you know i mean it which is and then also we've got cost of gas you know cost of gas goes up how many people are actually gonna want to rent the whole time or like you know bougie families that would normally rent two cars are just gonna like rent a car one day maybe and then hold a hole on the bus for the rest of it you know so um between uh, tourists pinching pennies and, uh, you know, gas rates going up, which, you know, there is a little promise on the horizon after uh, after uh, President Biden stripped this last week that he says the gas is going to go down in like two weeks and it should reflect at the pump. But, like, I don't know how, like, a fist bump with a prince is going to get us less gas. So you decide. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, let's cover the continent. Um, you know, the uh, the campaign propaganda system is going nuts out on the continent. Uh, and it's it's even infecting uh, Hawaii's campaigns. Um, that's a, a good part of why I'm... I've kind of stepped back a little bit, and you haven't heard new episodes yet. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's making me weary of of talking to certain candidates moving forward. There's certain things that are making me wish to please do not vote for some of these people moving forward. Um, I, in good ethical standing, cannot tell you who and who not to vote for, but we can talk about them, and we will as we get to the primary so after comic-con it's gonna be data dump time we're gonna tell you who's got the dirt where and what's lying around um gonna get feelings from the public hoping to go for a little man on the street time and see what the people actually say um i spent a fair part of the last week before i hit the tarmac and uh you know talked with a lot of families uh kanakas uh localized newbies the whole nine yards so all people who have a right to vote in Hawaii, but uh, you know, some people completely informed, some people uh, smoking conspiracy out the crack pipe. It's uh, it's it's very interesting what Hawaii is going through. Um, a lot to adjust to, uh, you know, moving back home. Some things stay the same. Some things surprisingly get crazier. Uh, you know, so um, be on the lookout for unnecessary rhetoric. And word salad, you know, that's that's a lot of what what stains the Republican Party in the aftermath of Trump is that, like, he put on a show and now everybody thinks because he did that once and won that way that they can all do that. It's not the case. 
you know, I do have to say that I, I think for that little ounce of me that sympathizes with uh, Uncle Joe up there is that uh, he he even kind of is feeling the aftermath of the propaganda age because some news even likes it now because they know it gets a headline. So, you know, it's it's silly at the lengths that society is going to maintain something that it said it didn't like six years ago. So now that we've buttered, buttered the bread upside down uh, and continue to eat it, we've, we're just going to keep going. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know about that, but you know, it's, um, this, this is going to be one hell of an election. And you guys need to pay attention, okay? Especially since none of you are paying attention to regular news, okay? So now I've got to be a vanilla news because you don't want to go and get vanilla news. What's with that? You know, there was an interesting uh, uh, chart I was checking out recently. And, uh, you know, news listings on the decline, okay? So I know you guys like it more anecdotal these days who doesn't but facts are facts okay so like maybe if you're not liking what nbc or cnn or fox or newsmax or any of those guys or oan have to say go watch it direct on c-span they give that shit free away okay they give that away for free so you can be informed for free and there's not enough people on them Sometimes, you know, it lulls you to sleep. It's like reading the back of a cereal box. But, guys, how else are you going to know what's going on in your country? And if all you got to do is turn on your TV to do it, did it hurt so much? No. So do it, bro. Do it, okay? Because speaking of which, uh, the Republican Party, well, a vast majority of it, has confirmed there was no foul play in the presidential election. I repeat. A great majority of the Republican Party has confirmed there was no foul play in the presidential election. Okay, meaning as we continue through the January 6th hearings, which have undoubtedly shown us, and on top of that, uh, has anybody watched Unprecedented on Discovery Plus? Not that I'm throwing this in as part of my streaming review section. Uh, Gotta say, uh, the first two episodes are easy to digest for Trumpers because it, it really does. It reels you in and makes you feel comfortable. Uh, it's not that the third one's a gut punch because I will say this. It is done in a manner as to why I can see why Discovery Plus bought the streaming rights to this because it is a, an extremely middle road coverage of him. You, you get to take him at face value. Um, some of his idiosyncrasies are a bit, a little bit hilarious seeing him in documentary format. Cause it's kind of like an episode of modern family, but like you have to like shake your eyes and unplug your ears, hoping that you didn't like partake in a weird dystopian fantasy, but it is real. It is. That's the sad part is, <laughs> is dystopia was real. Um, so, you know, uh, on top of his gaslighting of America, which is just, you know, another chapter in uh, Art of the Deal, you know, gaslight the competition. Uh, he, it, uh, it really shows us how much uh, the kids, his kids, love to paw for his attention like puppies. He dangles his, father, his you know, fatherliness in front of them and then regularly proclaims the necessity of being a important and successful person. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was probably the saddest part, was watching all three of them try to be a piece of him 
and then uh, fail miserably. Although I will have to say I've gained more respect for his daughter because, you know what, she really has tried to be an ethical person. She was one of the first people to go, yeah, uh, the election wasn't stolen, and yeah, we need to stop talking to stupid shit. So I would call her the only patriot in the, in the, the Trump family. So, uh, you know, a salute to her for trying, but I hope he doesn't, like, drag her down. I hope Trump and his sons don't, you know, try to push her. But I think, you know, that part of her that's a mom knows better. So she kind of sees through the bullshit. Um, Donnie Jr., on the other hand, wow. Just, like, learning all the crazy, I went to communist Czechoslovakia was left alone in the woods as a child. It's like, okay, cool. But then, like, he had nothing but bad things to say about his home country, which means, that, like, he was horribly indoctrinated by his parents into a system that, like, didn't even respect them as they tried to take over the world. And then it wasn't until they took over a whole bunch of it that any everybody wanted their attention. So I, I think it was really interesting, like, how they activated Donnie Jr. the way that they did over time. And then they slowly introduced him into stretching the truth like his father, which I thought was interesting because they covered, like, one of his speeches where I guess he went to, like, Pennsylvania to try to flip it and stuff. And there's he him talking about Hunter Biden. And he's like, well, you know, I'm such a I'm such a blue collar, blue collar American. And I'm just like, how? And then he, he goes on to talk about this this job he had at a bar. And then we're only to find out that like, you know, he didn't really show up that often. He still had his daddy's money paying for his hat. Like he never, he didn't use the job to survive. The job was literally like a test in a silly movie. You know, it's like, it was like Brewster's millions, but for Donald Trump Jr. You know, (laughs) Look, I just I just want you to go to Colorado and find yourself, okay? You don't really have to work. You just have to make it look like in the press. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, totally. And, and that's that's totally Donnie Jr. Um it does shed some light on uh if if unchecked he will run again in the next election. I'm really hoping he doesn't. Uh I I'm really hoping for a lot of other things uh to happen to him <laughs> instead. Um but the uh, the insanity looming around his appointment by the Republican Party, you know, only time will tell. I mean, we we are p- behind closed doors, and on paper, Republicans are clearly moving away from Trump. It's just a matter of whether or not we're going to let this vocal minority club us over the head again. Okay, I'm tired of ancient white dudes swooping in at the last second and telling us we got to listen. I mean, like. For all you guys out there that are pulling all the Sleepy Joe memes, like, if Joe Biden being old is the reason that we shouldn't be voting for him, bro, Trump is only three minutes behind him, okay? Just just remember that. Donald Trump is only three years younger than Sleepy Joe, okay? So they both sleepy at this point, okay? We got, we got Sleepy Don and Sleepy Joe, okay? Well, actually, it's Fatty Don. Yeah, yeah, Fatty Don Arbuckle. But anyway... <laughs> Um, 
you know, it's kind of a race at that point of who will fall asleep or who will die of cardiac arrest. And especially, like, why would you vote for an old-ass approaching 80 geezer who drinks Coca-Cola and eats Big Macs every day, like, religiously? And, I mean, and the dude woke up late every day. I mean, I can wake up late and do a podcast. I think that's about okay sometimes. But, like... Sleeping in four hours every day when you're the leader of the free world, now that's a problem. And then also over-golfing. I mean, dude took more days off than any other president, and in some cases, more than some presidents combined. So please, can we just move on from, like, the worst dude bro choice ever? And also, people of color out there, I mean, we can be Republicans. It just doesn't mean we should be picking shitty candidates. I mean... Think about this, guys. Why are y'all playing Uncle Tom for a damn dude who doesn't even think about you? Like, why aren't you supporting a candidate that looks like you, that has thoughts like you, instead of being gaslit by word salad, pretending to be you, but sitting there in an old white wrinkly skin suit, okay? So, move along. Let's start searching for new candidates because I don't want to have to pick between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, okay? I don't want to have to go vote Democrat. I like to go find someone who's fiscally responsible to keep things towards the middle and maybe keep the country on track, and you can too. I don't know, but, like, I'm just, I'm begging you, Republicans. Get your shit together. Ugh. And speaking of shit, we need to get together. Uh, dude, like the upside down, backwards world that is the war on drugs. Well, I mean, you know, take it back to the beginning and we can all thank Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon for that. But as we approach the new age of what is really now a problem, you know, what started as a shitty joke uh, that is now become millions, millions of pills laced with fentanyl. Uh, seized in Inglewood, California. Now, this is big. You need to think about this because, like, this shows us where the chain is. We just recently got hit on Big Island. There was that whole shipment that came in from Washington State. Okay, so this means that, like, it's getting up California. It's getting all the way to Washington. Okay, it's already known that it's across the Rust Belt, throughout the Bible Belt, all those flyover states that we forget about. Okay, and, and what's more disturbing is that it's turning out more and more that people are looking towards fentanyl because it is fatal. So, really, um, you got to have an open mind towards those who are struggling with this addiction, all right, to really break it down at a psychological level, okay? We've got a, a bit of a problem here. People are actually looking for the effect that like that's the scariest part is they're looking for the effect of death because the idea of tempting death is better than living most days for these people. You know, we are uh, slowly being boiled alive. You know, and most people just don't get that how broken this economy is. I mean, we are we're at 80 percent productivity increase since the 1970s and less than a 7% increase in pay. Think about that, folks. Okay? Do you know what it's like for food, animals to be boiled alive? All right? There's, uh, you know, you don't see the terror because a lot of it is 
trying to keep composure in order to survive those last seconds. And that's where a lot of middle-class America is, slowly touching the bottom of the pan and singeing their feet to it as the skin attaches. And then they get stuck, bobbing up and down again as the water boils, screaming for help, but then unable to scream. Why? Because the heat has pushed all of the air out of their lungs. That's the dystopia we live in. People are drowning in hot water right now, all right? And they want that escape. Fentanyl and fentanyl-laced things offer that escape. And as scary as that sounds, we need to just be more aware for those people facing that addiction and that problem. So if you or someone you know, you know, needs help, get out there. And if you're that someone, you know, the suicide hotline is always there, man. All right. Which, by the way, uh, National Suicide Hotline changed to 988. Remember that, folks. You don't have to dial a 1-800 number anymore. All right. So please think of each other, especially in this coming election. It's going to be a rough year. You're going to see a lot of corporations forcefully changing the economy just to make politicians look bad. And you got to see through that. All right. Just like what we got with the gas right now. Okay. So, like, yes, I don't like Biden as much as the next person, but I also don't like idiot Trump publicans. Okay. But I will tell you this like, why is the price of gas either like plateauing at this shitty level or continuing to go up in certain cases if the cost of them never went up? Okay. And that's, that's what we got to think about. So, but, I digress, and we're going to take a little break and listen to a word from Newsly. When we come back, we'll talk a little pop culture, and then I'm going to go deep in the cave and talk to Flat Earth Dave. All that and more in just a moment. We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours, and listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. Wow, what a season for finales and even a couple late premieres. Um, but before we talk about those, Garth Drabinsky added to the do not work list as complaints stack up. Cast members speaking out. Um, personally, I think it's about time that we start labeling the people as a do not work instead of the productions. Because, like, productions, that's just going to, like, there's a lot of people that get 
attached to a sinking ship. So I think this is good that we're now starting to use call-out culture by name with these DNWs, whether it's on stage or on screen. I'd like to see more personally because there's a lot of exploitation filmmaking and uh, theater going on right now. And people are giving up their lives and willingly dying in order to just get exposure. And most of these people are just doing it as a craft. They're not doing it for celebrity. They do it to, you know, find their inner self and express it to the world. But um, now about the sad side of pop culture, let's move on to the fun. Miss Marvel finale on Disney+. Plus. Guys, 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 did you catch it? Did you catch it? Spoilers coming because you know what? I was late. And I finally caught it. Actually, I watched the last two episodes together, which I got to say the time travel episode was pretty awesome. The second that that paradox came in, I was like, no, this has been planned from the get. This is it was Kamala long. Well done on that. Um, Well done on the whole series, really. Like she's definitely the break in the superhero cycle. We needed her in uh, Multiverse of Madness, which I did rewatch that on the plane. Um it's uh you know we are getting kind of superhero fatigue right now but it's really it's really nice to get a different type of story you know they're kind of just proving that uh superhero is just another just another lipstick to put on as far as movie types and formulas so if you can hide something else in that formula it helps resell it again so i don't know i really think that that miss marvel is is gonna has changed the monotony a bit uh i do like the fact that like the resolution with her mom and her tutu at the end of the season that was probably like the coolest part um seeing positive resolution in families is kind of a cool thing um especially for people of color in cinema because we're usually only seen as like House is on fire and government's taking everything away and we're kind of destitute type of stuff. So, like, for people on the rise, it's cool. I also really dug the uh, the end showdown against damage control. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that lady come back now that she's been kicked out. Um, but I like the fact that, like, we got that moment where, like, even the cops stood up for Kamala. So that was that was pretty pretty ridiculously cool if you haven't seen it yet check it out if it's not for you well then maybe this next one is word is on a street the live action lilo and stitch has a director uh what casting and shooting looks like i don't know yet but with the way that like you know where that they put that doogie kami aloha set in over on oahu so you know i mean they already put all the stuff in place there so like easily I'd put my money towards them shooting it over there just because of, you know, access uh, for all the uh, the folks on the Doogie set. Maybe you could tell us, like, if you see anything going on or unless they're going to, like, hide it on Kauai or something. I don't know. But we'll see. In due time, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but moving to Amazon Prime, the boys. For those of you guys out there that are into uh, darker superhero stories, the boys season finale. Um, you know, I kind of been it's it's been rough for me to keep in like the past season and a half. There was a like kind of a point for me halfway through the last season where I was just like, I I'm kind of tired of Homelander. I'm kind of tired of the deep. Um, 
I, I really learned to like Starlight a lot more this season. But I kind of liked it from the get. Uh, Maeve finally got out of the uh, the rough zone as far as my point of view on her character. Um, but I, I ultimately think that like the Soldier Boy storyline and showing the, the deep, convoluted, like everything in the conspiracy that made made Vought put their machine together. I, I mean, I thought that, that was kind of cool, but I you can hear it in my voice. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if we can take another season of this show. I think for me, this might be the last season. If they if they make it to one more after this, I mean they got Greenland for next season, but there's just something's telling me storytelling wise, it can't go much further. Um, we we've kind of hit that point where we've shark jumped a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and I don't want to spoil much of that, but uh, you know, let me know in the comments. It's just it just seems like it's time for the boys to start getting ready to pack it up and go home. Especially since, you know, no, I can't. I can't spoil that part because, you know what? Nope. No. Uh, but Butcher, yo, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds finale. I dug it. We got to get a little peep into the future. I have been digging this whole, like, you know, how do we get Pike? How does this happen that we get more years out of him? And we're about to find out how hard it's going to get on the timeline because... His new future self just came back in time with a Klingon time crystal and took him forward a few years to show him what changes. It was a very, like, ghost of Christmas future type of trip. So I kind of feel that, like, secretly, you know, Strange New Worlds is just a giant, like, it's a wonderful life for Captain Pike type of thing or... Yeah, you know, kind kind of like it's it's weird. So like, but like a reverse, we we get to see a world where he survived, but then at the same time, he's constantly gonna try to be as ethical as possible. So I mean, it, it's rough. I mean, to think about the consequences now because now he has sight on changing the future. He's now changed it vastly for the worst. So man, Romulan war anyone? But uh, before I spoil that. Dude, what we do in the shadows season four just premiered. Uh, you know, I think back into that same sentiment I had with the boys. Um, when is the end coming for what we do in the shadows? I mean, I love the show, uh, but the the jokes are getting a little old. I felt that like how they brought everybody back to the house so quickly was it was just it was way too quick. You know, I was kind of hoping we get a little bit of road time with Nadia and Guillermo. I mean, I knew that we were never going to get, I mean, they'll probably save it to the very last day, but I, you know, there's no getting Guillermo as a vampire anytime soon. Um, but that would ultimately resolve an important character and that would have to end the show. But at that aspect, like I'm kind of ready. Um, it was fun, uh, with Kristen Shaw coming back. Uh, the jokes with the wraiths are, are getting a little campier. I think they're just trying to return more to their roots, but it's just not working because of how deep they've gone with the story and with everything. Um, it's cool. Uh, I'm going to keep watching the season. They haven't lost me yet, but I will have to say 
they need to, they need to step it up a tidy bit, just a tidbit. Um, yeah. And with that, I'm gonna take my opinions to Comic Con next week, kids. I uh, hope to see you there. Uh, Friday will be in the San Diego Library in this really cool hall. We got uh, an event page listed on Facebook. I'll make a little reminder on the gram. And then um, we shall uh, talk the good talk about uh, podcasting, how to turn your show into an AM pirate radio broadcast locally, and more. Uh, Just before I go, I got to say, wow, what an interesting world we live in uh, with what the James Webb Telescope has shown us. You know, I... uh, these are one of the reasons right here why I don't think we need the TMT if we've got an amazing telescope that we can put at a Lagrange point between the Earth and the Sun and watch the rest of the universe go by. I think that that, that takes care of it. I don't why why do we need another one? You know, so like put more in space. Fine. Just don't make too much trash in space because I'm sure one day we're gonna find out we're ruining like a space whale ecosystem or something. But uh, I'm going to post those uh, telescope photos if you haven't seen them yet. Uh, maybe even write a couple things about it and how f- fantastic it is. You know, I think I might even have to write a short fiction story to go with it. But uh, thanks for coming on the ride with me this week, folks. Uh, I thank you all for your support, uh, whether I'm at home or on the road. Um, it's always great hearing your thoughts in the DMs. Thanks for keeping up with me. And... And now we we go to Flat Earth Dave. Um, As you guys know, this guy hit me up in my gram feed a few weeks ago uh, and was like, I'm going to blow your mind. Well, you know, like I said before, he's not going to blow my mind. And he didn't. Um, You know, so I got to say, I watched all the other stuff that he did. I've watched all the things he did. He even talks about this old, like, prove me wrong and I'll give you three Bitcoin. But it's kind of hard to prove someone wrong with who has cognitive dissonance. Um, It's it's interesting because, you know, I I watched a lot of people try to do takedowns on him. And then there was just all the people who were just as, mm, shall we say, misguided as him that uh that are just overtly pro uh as the man in the middle i'm wondering why you know and that's uh that's that was the the thing that i talked with uh you know with sarah before she she went on break and with john when he uh special guested last week was like how do we how do we approach this you know because it's the same way in dealing with people with anti-vax uh you know people who are still hung up on the the big lie, you know, all of the, you know, the gaslighting from the news and all these other things. So it's just like, how do we, how do we learn to approach it? Because you can't just bop it on the head and tell it's wrong. You can't just yell at it. You can't put it in the corner. You can't cut it off from society anymore because the internet exists now. So like shunning, shunning's not even completely 100% effective now. It is no longer an effective social contraceptive. So the best thing we can do to move forward is to understand. So I let you know right now that this is not a pro flat earth discussion that I have with him. It is merely an attempt at trying to understand what got him to being a flat earther. And as you'll find out that, you know, 
not verified anywhere else. But then one day he finds himself at the water cooler and he becomes water cooler popular at work and then realizes that he has, you know, enough of a support system. I would love to know how many people at his work actually rallied around his table because there tends to be a legend in your own mind capabilities when it comes to things like that and especially since he is part of an extreme minority of belief in america the likelihood uh the likelihood is pretty minimal that everybody in his his office or wherever he was but i think because he he lays out a lot of things that he says that he learned or he talked to people along the way i I, i'm not really centered anymore on how can i prove to him that the earth is a globe without taking him to outer space. Because I mean, I just have to be like, you know, Elon Musk rich, which he did call out Shatner as part of being part of the conspiracy. So listen to that for yourself. Um, I hope to be uh fist bumping Shatner this week. And maybe I will ask him if I get a passing chance. I, I would, uh, I'd, I'd probably eat out my right arm if I could go talk to Shatner about this. So if somebody with access to him is listening, let's hook it up, bro. Um, because I I just I I think in moving forward, because I will talk to him again. That's gonna be the crazy part, is I asked him to come back on again in the future, just like the politicians. I I it's not some Geraldo thing, okay, guys. I'm I'm not gonna take you on some weird trip one day and and and, and we're all secretly gonna become, you know flatties in the end uh no we're not uh globies all the way i guess uh maybe maybe we'll, we'll t- oh you know what maybe we'll have to create globy propaganda so that way i can fight the flat earth propaganda yeah yeah and then we'll also figure out how to talk to them like they talk to us and maybe maybe that translation i don't know maybe we I don't know if it's universal translator or cognitive dissonance, but we'll figure out between one and the other on how to get through. So it's going to be more of a a test of uh, patience, really. And I think that that's like what we really need in the election is a test of patience. So think about that with your neighbors, with your friends, finding common ground. Uh, as I try to find common ground with a man who legitimately thinks that the earth is flat uh folks it's been proved for a long time we've we know it you know um there's some interesting parts where he does just he'll he'll use science to pick apart science but then discredit science so i i i don't think that there's a complete rational awareness of the misuse um i mean this is probably going to be the meanest thing I'll say is this is like a kid with a loaded gun that, that like we all know what bullets do, but we don't know the ramifications of them. And and that's what I think this is. But luckily, mankind has evolved to a stature that really, I mean, we're not really buying into this. We're more or less using this as entertainment now. So I don't know. I will. We'll see. We'll see as it develops. So keep an open mind that this is no way an endorsement of flat earth theories, conspiracies, mumbo jumbo, etc. This is a foray into the mind of a man who believes that the earth is flat and what he will say uh, in order to remain right. Um, 
Wow, that almost <laughs> that almost sounded like it an opening the twilights. Imagine a man. <laughs> flat Earth Dave. A man who thinks the world is flat. All right, folks. Well, uh, hope you enjoy my talk story with Dave. And uh, can't wait to see any of you who make it to the con. And I look forward to seeing you back on the Ino when I return. Aloha. Moving forward. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with a crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you. Demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they're hard to trace. Don't be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Moving forward. Aloha. Oh, we got we, we we were playing tag. It was it was I call you, you call me, we get straight to voicemail. <laughs> I always said uh such is the game. My mic, that's all. How are you today, sir? Doing all right. What's going on? Ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we got you dialed in already. Uh hopefully our connection stays good and the trade winds don't take them away. So th- thank you for, you know, you know, showing the up on my Instagram that, feed. That make perfect circles around the center. What was that? On a flat earth map. The, the trade winds make, if you chart them on a flat earth map, they make beautiful circles around the center of the flat earth. Really? Yeah, they do. Interesting. Pretty, pretty coincidental, don't you think? Hmm. Well, you know, I, you know, I have to say that I've been, uh, I've actually watched a lot of your videos. I watched a lot of your interviews with people that are on your side and a lot of people that are not on your side. And I think per my audience and how we've been discussing you these past few weeks, people want to know the people within the movement more than anything else. I mean, I will have some questions in a moment about like what kind of flat earther are you? Cause I feel that there's, there's some definable separations like, cause not even, oh, not right. even, every form of belief has the same belief system. So like, I'd really like to pinpoint like the, where do you fit in and how you feel about some of the other models. Uh, but like, let's, let's start with the hows and whys flat earth Dave was born, man. Like what's, what, what, what was the, the turning points in your life that made you, uh, you know, seek out this, uh, this idea or changed your mind or moved you in this direction, man. Yeah, basically, we all have the same story. I'll tell you mine real quick. Um, I was in the business world working for a corporation, started my own company. Um, But when I was uh, working for the corporation, 
Uh, my buddy and I that we worked together, we would discuss different um, deceptions going on in the world. We were conspiracy analysts, not theorists, analysts. And one of the big things we talked about was the was the Federal Reserve, how it's not federal, how it's a private bank, and how basically they're just making money out of thin air. And everybody was kind of amazed at, <clears throat> at this. And uh, every day at lunch, people literally would gather waiting for us to come into the lunchroom. And, uh, you know, we have, you know, 10, 15 people, you know, hanging around. And then one day, my buddy Tim goes, hey, we got to reach more people with this information. Um, uh, we have an opportunity to do a podcast out of New York City at a, um, a podcast studio um, at the stand-up comedy club, but it has to have an element of comedy to it. So I got my friend who's a comedian. We'll be the truth seekers, and he'll turn everything into a fart joke. And um, I said, cool, what's a podcast? I had no idea. He's like, it's a recorded radio show. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we started doing it. Our first one was 9-11. We got it. We blew the, the doors off the place. Like All the management was like absolutely freaking out. Jumping way forward, two years later into the podcast, people started sending me stuff on Flat Earth. Hey, David, have you looked into Flat Earth? I first thought it was a joke, just ignored it, deleted. Then I started banning people from our social media for even suggesting that I watch a video. And uh, it was getting quite annoying. There was a couple of very annoying Flat Earthers. Flat Earthers can be annoying. Um, and because they're so passionate. And then one day, talking to a, a researcher who I respect, very much, uh, Sophia Smallstorm. Don't don't know if you know who she is. Yes. And uh, we we're talking about the there was some crazy, you know, stupid events that were going on. I'm like, Sophia, there's so much deception in this world; it's really hard to fathom. And she goes, Oh, David, it's worse than that. I think the Earth might be flat. And I I asked, I said, Are you freaking kidding me? She goes, Here, watch these videos. And she sends me, you know, Mark Sargent's clues. I think Eric DeBay's two hundred proofs. And I was like reluctantly watched them and then i started watching more youtube kept feeding me hey you like that check these new videos out and they started feeding me all the the great content that was coming up and so then i don't just believe videos ended up spending a grand on uh you know a nikon p900 super zoom camera tripod went down to the beach zoomed in on beaches people sitting at the water's edge that should be 15 20 feet below the curve i'm like well Maybe the earth is just bigger than they're telling us. And, you know, for uh, six, seven years now, I've been trying to prove the globe, but I realized it's never going to happen because the globe is hypothetical nonsense. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, full preface, man, before we go deeper, uh, you know, the thing that I noticed the most about when you talk to other other globies or, you know, uh, round world theorists or whatever, man, I, I just want you to know, I don't want this to get anywhere into a, uh, a denigration of each other. Like I, I saw your professor. Oh, no, Dave. You're, you're, you're talking about <laughs> professor Dave who's not a professor. He's a, <laughs> a chill. Uh, by, that's why you saw that because YouTube will feed you that because they think it's damaging. But what happened with that video, you know, he has 2 million subs. Right Guess now, the future president could be running as a local that, candidate that on another channel. Uh, there should have been this 10, person 20, is vying to represent you, your family, because and your community. Fake. They're all bots, Do you they're know all what trolls, they are and what they stand and, uh, for? Vote411.org is your um, tool for accurate you know, and unbiased well, up-to-the-minute election information I, I, I'm, on candidates and Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power. The power to decide who represents you in 2022 and online, get the facts, and make your voice heard. nothing about my personal habits, which allows me to research things much easier because I only go and find what, you know,
you know, the all the, you the want prof- the next level, twenty twenty two. Yeah, and so like I've been spending ever since you propositioned me two months ago, man. I was like, I'm glad that I had two months of time because in that way, like, I really feel that the heart of it now is is talking about the hows and whys of the people because I feel that you have those those conversations out there about like what each of these things mean and and how developmentally you you tried to narrow down the your you know conjecture for proof. So I I really think that especially per my type of listeners, they're really more interested especially out here in Hawaii just because it's it's kind of it's it's an interesting subject for us to talk about being world navigators. So like it's a I I don't want you to feel at any point in time that I'm 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 coming off with some sly maneuver on you or anything, but I really just no I'm, no no worries. No I, open worries. heart and open mind, man, because I like to be able to have a conversation with all walks of life of people. So like we may not always agree, and I might have like a question to ask you further in this that just please explain it. But um so so outside of that, so like what. What is your background in life? So let's let's put aside the how you got there. So what what are you by trade before you became a man searching to, to prove flat Earth? I've always been you know outgoing, uh, always creating small little businesses for myself. I, I started a you know as a kid snow shoveling business and lawn cutting, and uh, and then you know I went to college and got my business degree. Um, I got a psychology degree and I took a lot of astronomy. And uh, then I went into corporate America, um, and you know I do a lot of studying. I've been uh, studying this flat Earth longer than anything else in my life. All studying in my life combined, I would say, because it's been nonstop since 2014, um, every single day. So to say, you know, what are my qualifications? Seven years of uninterrupted study. Okay. Okay. So so I think that's interesting that you you had previous study in astronomy. So, like, how yeah. does that fit in with your new belief system? Like, in, in in retrospect of, like, how much of that did you leave behind? How much of that stayed with your belief system? So we had uh, access in my in my college to a uh, rooftop observatory, a pretty decent-sized one. And uh, we booked, uh, clocked many, many hours in there. But one of the, one of the um, rules was do not look at the moon. It'll hurt the lens. And I'm like how the hell can the moon hurt the lens if you can use this thing during the day, which has more light because the moon's too bright. So what do we do as college kids? We stared at the moon and we were looking for the lunar rover. We're looking for all of the debris and we can never find anything. And I'm like, ah, we just, you know, it's a big moon. And, and uh, I kind of wrote it off. And then we would look at all the stars and, and all, of course, Saturn, Mars, Jupiter. And we would see kind of what they show us in the books, but, you know, not quite as high res as Disney and NASA show us. Um, and they look like spheres. And uh, I, well, Jupiter is, you know, 500 times bigger than the Earth or whatever they say. And uh, Mars is about the same size as Earth, maybe a little smaller. And uh, you have no way of knowing how big something is. I mean, if you, you know, scale and, and you know, something, I could show you a baseball at 10 feet away, then I can get another baseball that's twice the size and show you at 20 feet away. And not. And if you had nothing to back it up to on distance, you would think it's a normal-sized baseball. So we would just have to go along belief on what they told us, and then we'd go observe and go, yeah, I see Saturn. Yep, I see those rings of ice reflecting sunlight perfectly, evenly, It's like, like it's a light itself. And you never really put it in. And, and one thing they don't teach you there is to actually do the science and actually say, well, 
uh, how can the moon be that bright if it's reflecting sunlight? How can Saturn, how can Jupiter so far away from the sun be reflecting light back to Earth almost as bright as the sun? And that, it doesn't make any sense. And then when you actually do the math, you find out it's scientifically impossible. And then, you know, you're like, oh, how far are these stars? And uh, Polaris, which we all see in the north, um, is 433 light years. And if you do the math, you couldn't see Polaris at a light week away. Okay? But it's 433 light years away, and we could see it with our naked eye. So, you know, then you could do the math. Like, if you look at the moon, there's going to be a big moon out tonight. If you go look, it'll be in the day sky for a while. Um, the crater at the bottom of the moon, I think it's called the Enceladus Crater. We're not good with the names. But it's the biggest, most ob observable crater, and it's supposedly 50 miles wide. Well, if you scale that down with the size and distance to the moon, that would be like seeing something about a tenth of a mile wide at 450 miles away. Well, if you ever tried to view things in the distance, at a, if you could see 100 miles, there's no way you could see something with your naked eye a tenth of a mile. And 500 miles away, absolutely ridiculous. But we all see it. So again, it's easy to believe. And you can just believe that we see the moon the way they tell us and never go in and check these things that I just told you. I just told you some information. If you go and actually do the work yourself and find out, well, what he's saying is true and it's scientifically impossible, how am I seeing it? And the answer is you have a theory what the moon is, throw it out because it's just been disproven. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, so then now that we've, we've transitioned into your, into your, your conjecture system, I really like to like divinate and separate there's quite a few different flat earth like crowds. So I guess my first thing would have, I'd, I'd have to like fully ask, cause I feel that you don't get to answer some of these questions properly when you're, you're being interviewed by people antithetical to your belief system. So like I, I would have to say, so like, I'm just going to go down like the checklist first. So like this is more out of your personal scientific research than a, um, a uh, a religious belief, correct? Oh, 100%. Now, now, I always say the Bible has over 200 flat earth proofs in it, but if you don't believe in the Bible, what good are those proofs? They're no good. I Copy. don't believe in the Bible. I'm not even sure if I completely believe in the Bible now, but what I say is, look, you can scientifically prove this, and it also says it in the Bible. I never lead with the Bible. My co-host on the Flat Earth Podcast was Matt Long, he comes from the Bible side, and it was kind of a good mix. But, you know, if you fully believe in the Bible, then you can, you know, have those have some weight on you. But I'd rather just go with the science. All right. So then, okay, then the other thing that I have to ask, because then there's another, like, I've noticed that it's not like a huge sub-crowd or split off. But uh, I've noticed that over the years, there's a slight convergence between the flat earth and hollow earth theorists do you have any point of view on that yeah there's no there's no convergence at all the hollow earth theory is was thrown out there for the people that were discovering um that admiral bird um found more land and they threw it out there because the hollow earth is the same as the globe earth it's a prison for your mind it mm. limits your thought the earth is an extended plane but if you put yourself on a ball there's nowhere else to go there's nothing else to discover truman you remember that scene? He wants to be an explorer. There's nothing else to discover because you're going around in circles, and that's it. So the Hollow Earth um, in, is a psyop 
completely, in my opinion, there's no proof of it because you still have to have curvature, just the opposite in there. But with that said, I do believe that there is a serious underworld going on here. There's tunnels all over this earth. I believe there's tunnels connecting other lands beyond Antarctica. There may even be other layers of civilization, different densities, more dense below us and a heavenly less dense uh, above us. But those are all things that we can speculate on all day long until we have proof. Um, they're just speculation. Okay, so then th- this intrigues me more. So like, so you're positing that, so like, so um, I, I did explain this to some people who listen to my show that that within this, the 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 uh the flat earth uh posit is that we there there's you know the whole idea of that like antarctica is a shelf that we can't get past but you're saying that per your open ideas to what's beyond that that the the firmament could continue and not just be what we think it is as this current disc model you have so uh, and again these are things that i'm not uh, i have my theories i have lots of um, supporting evidence, but until we are allowed to go explore beyond the shorelines of Antarctica, we're not going to know for sure. So my main point is we as humans should have the right to go explore our world, but we're keep being kept, gate kept. There's uh, seven or eight islands spread around, islands and land points, military bases spread evenly around uh, the perimeter of our world that stop us from um, independently exploring Antarctica. Yes, you could spend ten to $50,000 or more to go to um, the little island off of Santiago, um, and that's a giant island. It's bigger than some countries, but uh, that's all they'll show you. There's some ice there, some penguins, and they kick you out. No one's allowed to explore the outer lands. There may be a massive um, amount of worlds beyond Antarctica. The way, I, the way I describe it is just like we're on a lake, and our world is a lake. The shoreline of our lake is Antarctica. If you sail to the end of the edge of the lake, which is south, any direction away from the center, where which is north, is south. You get to the edge. You don't fall off. You step up onto the land and you go, you know, hike out, and then you find another lake, another world. Hmm. So then, what would you say about uh, um, explorers and even in recent years these yachting clubs that have uh, professed their ability to circumnavigate uh, Antarctica? Yeah, so those are pretty cool boats. Are you a sailor? Uh, I come from a nation of sailors, and I actually have uh, multiple uncles who have personally circumnavigated the entire globe in its aspect. Do you, do you by any chance know anything about the history of sailing in Hawaii? Um, maybe a little bit if you ask me, but let me, uh, let me make my, my, my point here. The race that you're talking about um, circumnavigates not quite Antarctica. It's actually closer to 50 degrees south. Um, Antarctica is like 70 degrees south. Um, and those boats are pretty fast boats, right? You know, in, in, you know, in just a little wind, they go pretty quick, but there's some serious winds and those boats are, are flying. You can water ski behind some of those boats, mm-hmm. but the, the way they measure their distance is they take their readings on their location. According to GPS, GPS is run by NASA, which is a, not a real uh, space agency. And, um, they, uh, they calculate how far they went according to GPS. They don't have any land measurements. They're not pulling a tape measure. They're not running a line. They're on the water, mm-hmm. and they're doing it. And at the end of that race, if you calculate their speed, you want to guess what their average speed is Please. according to GPS? Because no. GPS is saying that they're going around a much smaller circle 
then they're going. Because if they're south of the equator, on the globe it gets smaller. If you get all the way to Antarctica, it's only like eleven or 13,000 miles around. But on the flat Earth, it's, a, it's like 60,000 miles around because it's getting wider and wider on the flat lake. So the average speed of those boats, according to GPS, is two miles an hour. Okay. And that's because they're doing math when it says, hey, you went 100 miles today, and in reality, they went 300 miles or 500 miles or whatever the number is. Uh, maybe I don't know how many miles they do a day. But, uh, you know, if you say, okay, this is the path they took. On the globe, it's this amount of miles, and it took this amount of time, and you average it out. It's like two or three miles an hour. Those boats can go two or three miles an hour while tied to the dock. That's a little sarcasm. Yeah, I know. I get you there, Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and so, by the way, um, there, I'm going to have a video uh, featured on my app, the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, um, probably in about a week, um, about their race that just happened. And we are going to completely break it down for you. We're going to convert the course onto a Flat Earth map and show you how that race is only possible and only makes sense on a Flat Earth. Hmm. Well, then I, I would have to respond to that then with, uh, you know, asking deeper than like, have you done any any research or understanding into Polynesian wayfinding and how we navigate the globe? No, do tell. Um, it's all analog. We uh, we all of our technology is before the introduction of the sextant. Uh, we yep. use no GPS there. there it's, it's all an analog feature. Um, what most colonials don't know wait, is that there's no GPS. There's no, no GPS. Okay, good. Yeah. Go we, we, we literally just use our pointer finger and our thumb because if you put those evenly as best you can in trying to make a right angle, your hand actually forces into about a 14 degree angle and we measure everything off the horizon like that. I like it. Yeah. So one thing I would love for you to check into, because I think this might lead to us having, more conversations in the future if you'd be open to it. But uh, I would really love to have like an information exchange in, in order of like, well, what about this versus what about that? And we come back together and talked about it. But I, I definitely have to suggest to you, like it's worth checking out Hawaiian wayfinding, understanding like how many hundreds of years before the West that we actually conquered the rest of the ocean. Because most people don't realize that like the map of the world didn't expand until the 1700s. So, I mean, do you know anything well, about cartography? Yeah, I do, but that's not true. The, all of our history is a lie. The, there was a worldwide advanced civilization here in the 1800s. You know, our Capitol building here in the United States was built before Christopher Columbus allegedly discovered America. Um, there's another building under our building, and if you look into the mud floods and see what was really here, um, you know, uh, in, even in New York City and every city, uh, you'll find uh, a completely different story. Like the Grand Canyon, there's Egyptian um, buildings in the Grand Canyon. So what's that about? So once you understand that that's not, that's, um, you know, our history's lie, then you can start looking at, uh, you know, the ocean. Well, large bodies of water at rest lay flat, period. There's no balls, there's no curvature. Every test for curvature or, or um, axial rotation by accredited scientists over the last hundred years has failed and actually proven the opposite. But those tests, those experiments are hidden. Um, so, you know, we've done the actual measurements across frozen lakes uh, in Hungary, and uh, we've gone all over the place, and there is no curvature. So, you know, by holding your thumb and finger out to an apparent horizon, 
um, that's really not going to tell you the shape of the earth. You look at the horizon. Well, I'm not, that's, that's not, I'm not, curved. I'm not using that to tell you the shape of the earth. I, I'm using that to tell you that we don't rely on GPS and we can track everything using the, the that, stars and the astro- astronomical oh, I'm, maps. I'm, never, I'm, yeah. I'm not claiming that there's, yeah. there's other ways than GPS, but yeah. that's how the rate that that race uses GPS to determine the distance gotcha. and their location. So, so. I, I, so I think in, in going towards, you know, the, where we can develop the, the end of our conversation here, then, then the question that I would have to ask really at the, at the ultimate part of this, if there was an ever, if there was ever a way in your mind to go back to a globe, would you go back to it? Absolutely, hundred percent. Just one proof of the globe is all I need. Really? One. Yeah. Righteous. No, no, because I will have to say that the you know there's a there's a level of dissonance in in some whether whether you believe globe or whether you believe flat or whether you just believe whatever's well, told to you is told I, to you or whatever you you know. So I I like that there's this still this openness because I feel that that wasn't approached much in other you know anti interviews. Well, to be, to be frank with you, I don't believe that I'll ever see it, but my mind is open. You say, well, you flat earthers will never change your mind. You forget that all flat earthers were globe believers who thought flat earth was absolutely ridiculous, and most of us refused to look. But mm. for some reason, we took the time, we took the effort, the energy to look. I'm so confident that I won't find one that I have a standing offer out there for the last three years of three bitcoins for one globe proof. And all you have to do is take the Flat Earth App Challenge or the Flat Earth Crash Course Challenge, um, which is watch those videos for two weeks, one a day, and uh, at the end of that, if you have one globe proof, send it to me, and you win three Bitcoins. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. So I like I dig that there, there's there's a prove me wrong factor, and I, I like that. I, I I admire that there's still an openness to be proven wrong because I think that that's the most important thing behind any idea system, whether one believes in it or not. So that that openness, uh, I I do appreciate that. Let let I, I appreciate that your style of the interview is very enjoyable. Let's just throw this out. Let's play a little game. Um, it's you know the game where you have to name a fruit that be, something that a piece of food that begins with a day. So I go, then you go, then I go, then you go. And whatever game you played as a kid, this is a game. Um, I throw out a a, a anti globe flat Earth proof. We can see things that would require the Earth to be a thousand times bigger than they tell us. So that proves that the Earth is not the ball that they tell us. Right, your turn. As far you as have, you have a, a, a like a proof. That the Earth isn't flat or is a globe. Okay, so well, so I so I know I, I kind of know where this goes because I you know in talking with where where you've gone with with other conversations. So and that's why I wanted to go more into the hows and whys of you than anything else yeah, no because worries. I I've noticed that like okay so so then this is the part where we get into the conjecture of what's believed in this system and what's not believed in this system, and I think that that's more the important part. So like say. Sure. Um, your thoughts on telescopes and satellites. So, what's what 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 about telescopes and satellites, other than governmental organizations owning them that detract from the ability to believe them? Well, so I believe in telescopes, and uh, you know, you're. So then, how do you? Oh, actually, you know what? Fine example: the the Webb Deep Space Telescope. What do is that? Oh my God. Did you see that picture that they they revealed today? So and yeah. it's, it's a it's a cartoon, okay. I mean, if you look uh, and, and in my interviews, I actually almost covered it in a, on an interview today. 
Um, if you if you look at that, the, it goes up. The launch, there's so many things wrong with it, and then it unfurls in orbit around the Earth, where you can still see the curvature of the Earth because they always have to show us the curvature of the Earth. And then somehow, it's going to go from there to a million miles away, a million miles away to the Lagrange point, which is a balancing point between the Earth's gravity and the Sun's gravity. But that makes no sense because they're changing distances all the time. And it's going to park itself there, and it's going to face outer space. And it can never turn around and take a picture of the Earth because it'll hurt the lens, just like the moon would hurt the lens in the telescope that I use. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are, these are nonsensical stories. I mean, if you look at the story of the Hubble, we proven we had a, a NASA engineer, the guy that ran Hubble, and he admitted that he are you still there? Yes. Oh, admitted, I'm still here. I'm listening. We're giving he, you your he space. He admitted that the, the guy that runs Hubble admitted that he's never seen a live feed from Hubble, not once. And then um, he, uh, we also showed him Sophia. Sophia is a telescope mounted in the side of a 747 that has a big hatch that opens. And it takes pictures of the outer space. And we showed him the images from that. He goes, no, those are Hubble images. We're like, nope, they're Sophia images. He didn't even know. The compartmentalization at NASA is insane. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the person next to you is doing. Okay, so so outside of that technology, so then the people themselves that have said they've gone to space, thoughts on them? Some are liars. Some are MK Ultra mind controlled, hypnotized, and um, some are just slightly retarded, like Don Pettit. <laughs> and then, and then more recently, what about uh, low orbit travelers like rich people and say like uh, William Shatner when William he went Shatner. up there? Yeah. And so, so um, I used to run a school fair. We had some rides and stuff, and the town made us have a couple ambulances always on. You know, when we're running a fair, any sporting event, any. Stunts of fat, you know, any, anything big, they always make you have an ambulance. 91-year-old, fat, out of shape, William Shatner, who was broke, um, got launched into space at G-forces that would make a healthy man crap his pants and or pass out. And then he, he had four and a half minutes of zero gravity where they only have three or four seconds of the footage of that, okay? There's no, where are the four and a half uncut minutes? There's cameras all over this thing. Then he parachuted back to the desert in the middle of nowhere where the thing slammed into the ground so hard it would have broken your back and everything else. Then they wheel up, and somehow it missed every little bush. There's bushes everywhere, but it found a perfectly clear spot. Then they wheel up the red carpet and a, and a, and a stairwell, and out come the astronauts. And who's there to greet them? You have Jeff Bezos, you have a couple of wives, and you have a, a couple of unknown reporters you know, or uh, filming it. No medical, no doctor, no nothing. That there alone, with any amount of critical thought, will say, this is a stunt, it's not real, he never landed, and it was all just an edited video to make you think he came out of space. If you actually watch the video, you can see the fakery. You can see part of it's animated, part of it's slamming down so hard. When it lands, there's three parachutes, but there's only two parachutes at one point. It's absolute edited nonsense. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, I I may have some time to run into Shatner at Comic Con, so I'm gonna have to ask him about that. <laughs> oh, you, you know what? You know, listen, film it, and because he was he was uh, I won't say ambushed, but he was ambushed while having lunch or dinner somewhere, and someone said, "What's the difference between science and science fiction?" He goes, "Oh, there is no difference. It's the same thing." 
and because he was kind of like disgusted. That was an interesting comment. But um, you know, here, here's the thing: he cannot tell. He cannot tell. But will it'll be interesting to read his face and hear what he has to say and hear how nervous he gets hmm. um, if you really confronted him. But you know, we've confronted uh, you know many people. We can t- um, we have one of our one of our guys got um, what's the astronaut's name um. Kelly, uh, Kelly, the one that's married to Gifford, Kelly, Kelly Gibson or whatever his name is. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, he confronted them about bubbles in space because lots of times when they're doing, um, you know, spacewalks, they're actually doing that in the national buoyancy lab, which is a giant pool that has a replica of the space station in it. And that's where the astronauts train underwater and it has green screens in it. Isn't that interesting? Right. It has green screens in it. Why does it have green screens in a pool? And they talked to him about bubbles because we see bubbles popping here and there, going all different directions. And he got all nervous. He claims he didn't know what he's talking about. Then he got him again, and he, does, he says, oh, "I don't even know." He just totally, we totally nailed him. But again, bubbles in space. You used to be able to Google bubbles in space, but now if you Google bubbles in space, you get Simon Dan, you get Professor Dave, you get nonsense um, because they change the algorithms. They don't want you seeing the truth. Hope you have my app, and because that's where you're going to find the information. That's where you're going to be able to, you know, hey, I got five minutes to look at a video. Bam, go to the app, hit the daily video, hit the archive button, hit the frequently asked questions button. Then you'll find the truth. But until then, and if you don't want to get the app, the app is $3, just go to my website, scroll down to the Flat Earth Crash Course, and you, you've already taken some of it. You watch the next level too, but watch the first five videos in that list, um, and then you will globe no more. Hmm. All right, man. So I... I... I, I, I kind of dig this challenge accepted, man. You know, so like, uh, you know, before we part ways here and, and and say our goodbyes for now, I I'd like to ask you, you know, after my schedule's free in the election season, because I'm trying to do my damnedest to interview every candidate in my state to give them a, a chance in this election. But after I, I'm done with primaries, could I catch up with you again? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Just reach out, and uh, you have my my direct email. Yeah. Um, and and we'll uh, we'll we'll schedule another call. Another question: What island are you on? Maui. How's the kite surfing there? It's nice. Uh, well, kite surfing is great. You can do that down in Kahului. There's a nice little place you can stay uh, over there. Maybe you should come out sometime. Maybe we can take you on a, I- on a boat ride as part of our our challenge to figure out you know which, which uh, you know which theory stands too. You know. You know, there's a, there's a, I forget which island it is, but from one of the islands, you can see another island that's, I think it's like three, is it 300 miles away? Well, uh, well from Maui, we, we can actually see multiple the, islands at multiple distances. Uh, we're, we're kind of at, at, at the heart of the chain. Yeah, so check out those distances. Go on the app to the Earth Curve Calculator and put in your height and then the height of the, of, um, you know, the distance, and it'll tell you how much should be hidden behind a curve. So if you're at, you know, a thousand feet or whatever, you're looking um, um, 100 miles. At 100 miles, there should be over a mile of curvature. Well, if you're seeing something that's less than a mile, well, you have to subtract the 1,000 feet from it. The calculator does it. But if you're seeing something sticking way above that, well, then that's an issue. That's an issue saying there is no curve. Physical curve is unchanging. Optical curve changes on with, um, with the weather. And there's certain days that you can see some islands and certain days that you can't. That's an optical thing. But physical curve is physical. Now, the globe defenders, the uh, anti-flat earthers, trolls out there, they've uh, succeeded to say, 
Well, even on a globe, there is no physical horizon. You can never see the physical horizon. Well, that's ridiculous because on a globe, the physical horizon to a six-foot-tall person standing at the edge of calm water should be just three miles away. Have you have you scaled any any major peaks on this planet yet? Um, Hale, um as far as Haleakala. like Haleakala. Uh, you've been up Haleakala. I went up the Haleakala and uh, rode my bike up and rode it down. It was brutal. It was cold up there. Oh yeah, it can be. Be- best time to go up there is four a.m. We love to go up there like yeah. right before the sun comes up and watch the whole thing take place, man. I think that was my biggest peak. Right on. Well, it's good. It's good to know that we have some common ground, and I look forward to to seeing how we could continue this conversation and understand both sides of the matter. Dave, thank you for coming on today. Hold on, hold on one second. I have a a request for you. You go on my app and go the go to the friend finder and see how many blue dots are surrounding you. You can tap on those dots and say, "Hey, there's a guy that lives right here in my town, right where I am. There's ten people." And uh, and meet up, have a cup of coffee with them, have a beer, and meet some flat earthers firsthand, and let them uh, let them give you their point of view. Right on. You know what? I'm gonna check that out and see if we've got any in Hawaii. Yeah. All right, man. All right, brother. Well, anything you got left to say to our listeners before uh, we dive back into what you say and come back with some more questions for you? Yeah. Don't believe anything I say. Go <laughs> research it yourself, but you won't find it on Google. Go to flatearthdave.com. Tons of free info there. Or if you want to get the app, it's $3. And uh, just go read the reviews if you're unsure about the app. It's one of the highest rated apps in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Flatearthdave.com will bring you to my website. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for trying to uh, you know re- relate what you feel and what you know. And uh, I look forward to uh, understanding and trading ideas and knowledge with you in the future uh mahalo for coming on today all right man thanks see ya all right aloha bye-bye rabbit holes is a manavacal production this episode was produced by kadika hoke and sarah rodriguez make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue 